Jim Palmer from Comscope here for the first time. Um, we're going to talk about Wi-Fi 7 in uh, the Ruckus R770. So, so Jim, I got one of the first R770s, I think. I put a post on LinkedIn, and it got like 3,000 likes like immediately, and then I saw Ruckus Networks reposted it too, so they must be excited. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You have one and I don't, so that's, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what that says about either one of us. But yeah, I, I had to jump on it. I'm, I get too excited for this stuff, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, they have it. My my uh, local ruckus rep Rudy told me that distribution was getting them. I was I was at a, a event down there in Connecticut. Um, he said the distribution is getting next week, so I'm like, I got right on it. I probably got the first one out the door. <laughs> Yeah, um, probably, but yeah, it's it's an exciting time. So some of the requirements on the R770 needs to be on the R1 cloud to get full functionality, right? Like I, I had some people asking, I know about the 760, and they're a little confused. Some of them they buy it and they wouldn't realize they need the cloud, right? Yeah. So the so right now the R770 you need Ruckus One to to run it. But that's just right now. In the future, there it will be supported um, on the Smart Zone platform as well as on Leashed. But it, that's going to be rolling out. Um, I don't want to put any dates out there and then have engineering tell me I'm wrong. But it's going to be it's going to be coming um, the first half of this year at least. We'll do, I'm I'm always leery to put dates on things yeah. because you know we'll just. We'll just go with AFC there for a second, and then you know, people understand. It, it, yeah, and and I guess um, this was the first time that they rolled out to the cloud first, right? Yeah, and you know, part of that has to do with how Ruckus One was redesigned. We we did one. I did a podcast uh, last year, and we were talking about Ruckus One, and, and we called it an evolution. You know going from what Ruckus Cloud to Ruckus One. And I think a lot of people think that what we did was just simply take Ruckus Cloud, you know, add a little bells, add a couple bells and whistles, and then, you know, added a new UI and it said, hey, look at this new shiny. And that, that's actually not what happened. Um, the engineers went back into the, the labs and they developed this thing from the ground up and they rebuilt the entire backend infrastructure of the cloud platform. And so Ruckus One, it was really designed and engineered to be able to be super flexible and to be able to adapt to the changing technology. Because as you and I both know, technology changes super fast these days. I mean, I tell people all the time, I can barely keep up anymore. And it's my job. I feel bad for people who are like, oh, I actually have to do something else and keep up with technology. And so, and but it was done with the idea that when these new things come out, Ruckus One could be the very first one because it's a very simple evolution to be like, oh, this is the next thing, so we can put it on there. And it was built specifically to handle, you know, oh, the R770 coming out, you know, and being first to market, you know, from an enterprise standpoint, there was some consumer stuff, but but it was built to handle stuff like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't an accident, and it was by design that Ruckus One is the, you know, platform right now that was able to support the R770. Yeah, I think, I think I, as soon as I got this access point, I went ahead, added it to the cloud, and there was a, immediately a firmware update. <laughs> I updated the firmware, and then on my cloud, I could see 320 megahertz um, and multi-link. I could pick which band I wanted, uh, you know, to to use for multi-link, right? Two two bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what? That's the first step, right? Two bands, and they eventually could go three, or. 
Well, it's it's a preference thing. Yeah. Right. So and and I talked about it at an event last year called Mobility Field Day, um, and that video's on YouTube. You can go find it. Mm-hmm. And what the Ruckus engineers learned when they were developing the multi-link operation, you know, for those who don't know, multi-link operation is the idea that your phone or laptop, your client device, will be able to talk to on two different bands. And there's a couple different modes of operation of having those two different bands in operation. Now, one of the things they learned was. Um, we actually, in order to get those two radios to work at the same time in the same device, whether it's an AP or a client device, there has to be some RF isolation that happens because even though you're in different bands, if you have transmitters and they're really close together, they can actually jam each other just at the highest level, right? Mm-hmm. Or at the lowest level, I guess, just the most basic level, you know, just at the RF level, they will jam each other, even if they're way off frequency. And so they have to add some isolation in there, and that costs three dB of, of of isolation, you know, from your transmit powers and your to in order to make that happen. But then on the on the other side, you know, like like the AP is a is a tri band. It literally has three different radios, right? Your phones only have two, and they switch between which bands. And so right now you can pick, and the default is six gigahertz and 2.4 to give us enough separation that we can actually tune down the 3 dB loss oh. to something that's something's a little bit better. But you can actually enable to, uh, five and six gigahertz, but you then take a penalty on, I mean, because in Wi-Fi, we never get anything for free. Yeah. You know, there's Whether you, you pay for it in dollars or you pay for it in performance or you pay for it in power, you know, now your switches need to have a lot more power to run the oh, three yeah. radios. You got to have, <laughs> you know, I'm, we're, I think, I feel like we're finally at the point you have to have multi-gig if you're going to deploy a, you know, a, a true tri-band 2.45 and 6 gigahertz. So you're going to pay for technology and, and, and Wi-Fi is the same way. So it can do it, but I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where you, especially in phones, where you'll be able to run like all three bands simultaneously yeah. because yeah. the power draw on your, on your, on your, especially your phone is going to be enormous, and people are always complaining about, oh, my, you know, my phone battery doesn't last throughout the day, and that's and that's with a lot of things being done to save battery. Yeah. Can you imagine if we said, oh yeah, your Wi-Fi is now going to run three radios simultaneously. Three radios, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so I did choose when I did my testing. I choose. I'm like, well, I'm switching to five and six. I want to see the the maximum throughput, right? So, I have this little. Osseum Clarity Spectrum Analyzer yep. here, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'll put up the slides, but you can see when I did like some speed tests um, that um, you could see the 5 gig and the 6 gig. Uh, I'll put them overlaid here a little bit, but you could see that you could see the um, 320 megahertz 6 gig channel, and then the I think it did an 80 megahertz 5 gig channel. So I could see that on the spectrum analyzer, which is nice. Um, and then in Windows, once you get the latest version, you got to have the, the preview right now, okay? Because it adds in all the, the great features, but you can see in Windows um, that uh, you have an aggregate. This is, I put, I'm putting up the version I have here. And then you'll see uh, that you have an aggregate. Uh, uh, connection so it'll actually say they're aggregated connection so you, that that way you know okay 
Yeah, and not only do you have to have the, win the latest Windows, you also have to have the latest, you know, little card inside exactly. your Windows. Oh, you haven't and, put it in. <laughs> and you have to, and you have to have the latest, um, you know, or not the latest, but you have to have a very recent um, processor and core in there, you know, in order to run it. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> right now. It really feels like it's one of those things where you have to stand on one leg and hold up your left hand and put your right hand over here, yeah. and then to be able to get it. I was actually surprised I could get that B two hundred. That's the Intel adapter we're talking about installed yeah. in there and working because it's. I think I have a tenth generation Intel, but it does have to be Intel. I had people saying, "Oh, I have an AMD, and I, and why can't I use it?" I don't know. It just doesn't work. It's an Intel chip, right? It is, and yeah. it's because it, it's the Intel B two hundred. So yeah. it, you know. It, it's just it, and and as we were talking about before we went live, you know, it's it's also about the client drivers. You know, I mean, I don't I can't tell you how many times I, especially like um, AX when eight hundred two eleven AX Wi Fi six came out. Yeah, I kept seeing a lot of people talking about how they would enable Wi Fi six on their networks, and like half their Windows laptops would just give them fits, and it turned out that they had to update the driver, the actual driver firmware in the laptop. Yeah. And in order to be able to even enable 802.11ax without crashing all half their devices, so yeah, the, the client drivers is is always a fun thing to chase from you know the Wi-Fi professionals standpoint. Yeah, I actually posted the 6E drivers on my website, and I can see pe people are downloading them today still because the yeah. certain version that worked right. That's it, and 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 that's part of the fun of especially you know like you've been learning with the R seven seventy and Wi Fi seven. It's always the fun of a new, a new generation of Wi Fi is trying to make sure that you know hey the the AP over here and the client that's over here have the drivers and everything to work together because you know unfortunately there's just so many different clients. I was at a conference last year, and um, somebody was saying that you know there's like. 1500 different devices now that do six gigahertz mm -hmm. and that's it that's six e yeah you know? but but it's still it's like there's 1500 devices and and i tell people all the time i'm like i only have so much room in my lab and oh, i can't yeah. have 1600 different devices to test to make sure they all work so yeah i mean the big thing is iphone now supports six gigahertz so that means we're going to see a, a huge rollout and everyone's going to you know be asking for six gigahertz support Eventually, and, <laughs> but but and it, it's 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 been a really funny timeline, right? Because you're right, you know, the, so the iPhone 15 came out. So they announced it in September, started shipping in October of last year, so three to four months ago. And so now, you know, unfortunately, you're then at the end of the year. So now people were start talking about, hey, now we need to support the six gigahertz. Now it's something we're really going to focus on. But at the same time, you know, it's like. Now we have Wi-Fi 7, so what do you do? And that's, <laughs> I can't answer that question. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I, I can't answer that question because I don't know your specifics. Right. I, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a price penalty, but at some point it's going to be mainstream, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you're going to have to do it. And I think, you know, as we know, when that new iPhone rolls out, eventually everyone's going to get one. I mean... It, you know, there's going to be millions of, of six gigahertz capable devices out there if there aren't already. Um, so that's big. But let, let's talk about some of the speeds that I saw. See what you think here. So I started using Open Speed Test. Um, I, I, I always used iPerf, and it, you know, I have a 1.4 gigabit 
internet connection, I would do that. And, and that was hard to saturate before 6E, right? So, so that was usually good enough, right? I'm like, here, everyone knows speed test, but the uh, open speed test looks pretty good. I'm not, do you know, do you know about it? How it actually works? Is it using iPerf? I don't believe it is, but I don't know enough to, yeah. um, um, to act. I don't, I don't want to say anything that then comes back and be wrong. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Actually. I didn't look into it exactly like what it's using, like, because, you know, with iPerf, you have to do maybe eight streams to saturate. You have to get the settings just right to get a good number. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was able to get, if I can get this slide moved over, let me see here. There we go. Is that it? I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything here, but <laughs> I saw, I saw about 2.7 gig on the upload and 1.7 gig on the download. So that's with six gigahertz and five gigahertz and pretty close uh, by, okay? So, so that's pretty good. That's better uh, than we've seen with 6E, which was, I would say, um, what, what do you, what, what are we getting with 6E? With, maybe we're getting about 14, something like that, 1.4. Yeah, and you know, part of it has to do with the the new qualm. You know, if yeah. you're especially in in a in sort of a lab environment, you know, where you can run that 320 megahertz wide channel, yeah, and you're and you have the 4K qualm, the 4096 qualm, and you can make that happen. You know, if the like earlier you you, you turn to the side and you're like, yeah, there's the AP right there, you know, right behind you. Yeah, it's right there. So, and so you, you get this really high RSSI value, yeah. you know, so you're, you're close. You have a, if you have a low noise floor, then you get a really high SNR. So you can get that 4096 qualm on a 320 megahertz wide channel. You know, we can really now push, you know, more than one gig. And so, you know, that's been a conversation for many years, you know, and I, meant, I mentioned it earlier about paying for a switch that will now support your tri-band AP because yes. yeah, if you're doing, you know, before it'd be like, oh, we can almost get to 1.4. Right. And it's like, but that's, that's in a lab. And when you put that in a real world, you know, you never, you never get, you never drag racing the, the school bus is not something that happens every day, all day. <laughs> and, but now as you were, as you're, you know, alluding to, you're talking about, you know, we're now getting some really, I mean, if you're getting 2.2 and on that, you know, and we haven't even talked about other stuff going on. So now you're to the point where, hey, we might actually need to be, you know, over one gigabit on your uplink from the AP to the switch. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I have, uh, I, I was, so I, I did, I do have a multi-gig PUE++ switch here and I was testing on that and I'm like, hey, I got a couple 10 gig ports. Let's, let's put on 10 gig and I put it on the DC power supply. And I was able to, I think I was able to see a little bit more. So that's a single client that I'm, you know, hitting 2.7 gigs. So definitely have to be multi-gig switches at this point if you want to take advantage of it. And you, you're going to need it for the power um, anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing is it's not just, you know, for, for a lab, it's it's cool. You know, it's like, hey, I need POE plus, 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 or, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a 802.3 BT uh, class five mm -hmm. um, for the super nerdies, yes. which means you need, you need 60 watts, right? But it's not just, and for a lab, it's like, okay, as long as I have one port that can do it, I'll be fine. But the problem you run into is in an, in a bigger deployment, you know, now it's, now it's, I need 60 watts per port mm -hmm. and I might have four or five APs plugged into this switch. 
And now all of a sudden it's about, it's about what is the overall switch POE budget? And that's something I've really been harping on um, over the past six months or so, as we've been talking about Wi-Fi 7 coming is, you know, hey, it's not just about the raw speed, you know, and that uplink, it's also the power that you're going to need per port. And then, and I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you're running, you know, say 802.11ac Wi-Fi 5, you know, and you're upgrading to Wi-Fi 7, and you have switches that have a, a total PoE budget of, you know, 140 three, watts or something. Yeah. Or 200, 270, yeah. 270 watts, and you're like, I'm going to plug five APs into that, and you're going to Wi-Fi, you plug it in R770, it's going to max out. And then now you're, you can't even get them all running at the same time. So it's, again, it's 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 a whole generation. We talk about 6 gigahertz sort of reinventing Wi-Fi. You know, but now that we're actually going into the Wi-Fi 7 and, and as we go forward, all of the Wi-Fi standards are going to include 6 gigahertz. So we have to, you know, so this is really a tipping point when you're talking about upgrading because 6E only came out two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So or, you're in, I know there's a new Z-series switch coming out, right? A small one, maybe? Uh... The 8200 yeah. uh, C08ZP. Okay. Okay. And, so, it, and how big is that? How many ports is that? That's eight ports. Oh, it's eight. So it's replacing like the little seventy-one fifty I have over here, maybe. Yeah. It's the yeah. So the, there was a seventy-one fifty C. Um, you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, there's a seventy. There's a seventy-one fifty C twelve. There yeah. was a C ten ZP, and then there was a C eight that was um, hardened. And I don't remember the. Yeah, the actual, I have a C twelve P. But it's not, that's yeah, not so, what I'm plugged into. <laughs> yeah, I'm plugged well, into another multi-gig PoE++ switch from a genius. Yeah. So we know it, it actually works with other switches too. Um, yeah. Um, so, all right. So we talked a little bit about the specifications and requirements. So PoE++ 60 watt for full functionality or DC power supply. But it will it will run on other PoE standards, right? At diminished yeah. capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you look at the spec sheet, um, which I don't have pulled up, but it, it's actually something I've been really pushing with the um, with our product team because it's some. I, I came from a customer side before mm -hmm. I started working for Ruckus, so I was I was the guy sitting in his cubicle at a at a you know corporate office, you know, looking through spec sheets, and so it's something that I push for that now when you look at our spec sheets, it's very clearly detailed. Hey, if you have full power, then you get full functionality, but if mm -hmm. you're you know if you don't have you're only running this much power. This is what's, you know, this is what you lose, you know, yeah. and a lot. And usually the first thing that goes is the USB port mm -hmm. or the IO or the, or the IOT radio or, and the IOT radio, but you can now go look at the spec sheets and you can really see, and they've done a really good job. So I'm, I have to give them credit because now it makes me happy because now I can go look at a spec sheet and go, okay, if I'm plugging into a, you know, a, a 30 watt port, mm -hmm. you know, what exactly am I going to get? And can I afford to lose that? Yes. Okay. Then I'm fine. Right, but so well, but now, and, and that's kind of part of the sales process is you have to inform the customer that hey, they're buying this new AP, but if your switch and power doesn't match up, you're not going to see the best results. One last yeah. thing about the testing, you talked about the distance, so I'm maybe like eight or ten feet away from the AP, um, and but I noticed when I went, I, if I put the, the laptop on top of this table, which is maybe like three feet away, I I was going up. I actually saw faster speeds. I know that's not gonna. It, with 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 six gigahertz and Wi-Fi seven in particular, I never saw that before. 
<laughs> so that's that was interesting, kind of. <laughs> so you you you've opened up a can of worms, and I'm not sure that yeah. you have the time for this. <laughs> well, I don't don't want to. We don't talk about it too much, but I the, what I can say is going that close never improved throughput before. But now I I saw like you know five. I saw the right now where it's sitting. I'm seeing like three point eight gig. When I put it over there, I saw five point something. So. And there's there's some there's some physics behind yeah. that that if you really wanted to get into we can get yeah. into but um, generally speaking what I tell people though is is you do and I people are always like I'm gonna get my device so close to the yeah. AP right on top and yet, of it and yet it actually makes it worse when you do that yeah I I never recommend that right um, unless you do exactly what you did <laughs> right because now you have a little bit of separation and you're actually sitting in what's known as a null. Of the of the RF mm -hmm. stuff. So if you were to take that laptop and say put it over next to your printer there, mm -hmm. um, you would see a totally different experience because now you're no longer in the null to where the RF signal is actually a little bit lower mm. because you can if you get it too close you can actually oversaturate the receivers oh, okay. because you have to you have to think about it right the receivers yeah. are, are tuned to where they're listening to something down to like at least a neg 82 mm -hmm. right because that's where that's where we're we're do clear channel assessments and, and most devices now can go down to a neg 90 which is a very you know low signal so they're tuned to listen to that and, and to be able to decode it but when you put it right next to the ap that's doing a plus 20 or a plus you know 10 you know you're now talking about 100 db from where they're tuned to listen to what you're now jamming into their into the receiver. And so you can end up with, you know, it's, it's like going to a concert and you're like, I'm going to go stand right in front of the big giant stack of speakers because that's where I'm going to get the best sound. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you and you spend five minutes there and you're like, wow, this song sounds like garbage. I can't hear anything. And yeah. then you walk away, your ears are ringing and you can't. And then and you realize as you as you back away from that speaker stack, you're like, wow, it actually is a little bit better if I'm not right up next to it. Right. And radio radio works the exact same way because it's it's still a wave, right? Yeah. It's just at a different frequency. So, yeah, I would it that's just uh, you know, if you look over here, I have a bunch of radios. Oh, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I I play with I play with radios a lot. Ah, so, yeah. Oh. I can see that. Yeah, I have one of those uh, where they bang fung <laughs> Alfongs. Alfongs. Yeah, they're they're pretty interesting. Okay. Pretty pretty cool I, product. Yeah, that's th the three little ones in the middle. Those are Baofengs, and then yeah. I got some. The one on the end, that's an Icom uh, air to ground, and then I have some other Icoms, and I think I got rid of my other ones. I only listen to them. I'm not licensed, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> Listening is fine. Yeah, I'm licensed. I'm, okay. I'm licensed. Yeah, I'm licensed. Pretty much with everything. Okay, I have an amateur nice. and a commercial radio license. Nice. Um, so I have I have. I could, you know, I have both sides of the fence, but yeah. I, I only listen because quite honestly, if I'm going to talk to somebody, mm -hmm. I like making it work. And then once it works, I'm like, I get bored with it. I'm yeah, like, I don't want to yeah. talk to people. It, it is cool. The channel programming and everything with the cable, they, they really stepped it up from the old days, I think. Um, so one last thing before I let you go, let's talk about the, the smartphones. Like, so there, so there are a bunch of smartphones they are advertising. They have Wi-Fi seven capability right like the pixel 8 is that a pixel 8 this is a pixel 8 okay so you're 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 the pro on that so um so that has they advertise it has wi-fi 7 but what what's the problem with that so what we're hearing is right now it doesn't support 320 megahertz um we we were doing some testing and and as one of the 
first to market with the Wi-Fi 7. We've been able to work with some of the um, the device manufacturers, and and that's uh, something that we learned in our testing. And so there, it's something that Google is working on. But it again, it's it's and we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. You know, the client drivers and getting all this stuff to work, especially when it first comes to market. You know, there's a reason why it's called the bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, I have to. I have to be part of this insider group to get the Windows drivers, to get this, to make all this stuff work. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen when we first announce any of these new standards, you know, and, and you, you were talking about Apple and, you know, when they roll out a new iOS, you know, how, how soon between when they roll it out and you get that first patch, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and most people know it's like, if you're going to go with the, if you're going to download it and install the latest iOS, you know, the day they launch it, you you know you're gonna to have to do it again in probably about three or four days. Yeah, for sure. So, so being the bleeding edge is is cool, and you get some advantages to it, but you also have to understand that yeah, there's also a bleeding edge, and there, or there's a reason why they call it a bleeding edge, and there's some you know disadvantages. So you could be on the cutting edge, but man, when you get to that bleeding edge, you really feel that pain sometimes. So that is that is one of the limitations of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you'll still see great results on six gigahertz with the, with any of these phones. You'll see over a gig. So yeah. That that's really good, and you're using that clean spectrum, right? So it's like it's more reliable if you have a mission critical application, for sure. It's it it's more reliable because there's not as there's not as many devices, and we have so much more spectrum, especially in the U.S. Yeah, you know, in the U.S. when we talk about having we have 1,200 megahertz worth of spectrum, you know, whereas in five gigahertz, I think we have 580. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's and that's I think. You know, and then we have that whole big giant chunk, you know, that that we don't even have access yeah. to, and so you can't even run a three hundred twenty megahertz wide channel in five gigahertz. It just, and you shouldn't. No. <laughs> and you, you probably know, think, shouldn't at, at six gigahertz either. Now, this is just for testing to see these crazy numbers, right? Like we're not going to well, want to really do that. It well, maybe it it depends, right? Because look, it it always depends. And there's a there's a gentleman that um. I took a class from, and it was actually the uh, Certified Wireless Design Professional class from CWMP. And the guy that was teaching it, he said, he said, here's my mantra, and he's designed a ton of networks. He said, you go as wide as you can until you can't. Hmm. You know, okay. so, so you know, it's all about. I mean, we have the spectrum. We don't pay for it. You're not going to get a refund for not using it. Mm-hmm. So if if you do a design, if you're looking at it and you're like, hey, you know, I have I have this 40 megahertz of spectrum over here that nobody's using, you know, and it's like, can I actually go to a wider channel? And now 160s, I wouldn't recommend, but yeah, there are times I have done networks where I've done some 80s because if you use Uni2, you can get you know five channels mm-hmm. at 80 megahertz wide. So it's like. Why not use it? You know, and so it's always it's a it's a it depends. You know, we need to take a look. We need to do some more investigation. We need to figure out. And yeah, right now, it, especially with low power indoor six gigahertz mm-hmm. and how much attenuation that we're seeing. You know, you put the AP up, and if you if you play with six gigahertz, and I did this at my house, mm-hmm. I took a, a an R five sixty, and I put it in my upstairs, and I was like. And I was looking at it down downstairs in my office, and I was like, "Wow, I can barely see the six gigahertz network. Mm-hmm. You know, even just to even just to 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 see it, 
you see the beacon, yeah. let alone try to connect and use it. And it's like, but when I put in, but when I look at the five gigahertz radio off of that same AP, you'd be like, man, it's so much higher. And I could, I could connect to it and I could use it. And so we have this additional attenuation based on, it's just how the frequency behaves when it passes through walls and other obstructions and other stuff and then it attenuates. It attenuates a little bit more. And so we're seeing this, these smaller cells because of that. And so it's one of those things that I, I keep telling people, I'm like, when you, you know, six gigahertz really is a whole big thing. And if you're going to do it, take some time to do a proper design using a, a good tool and figure out, hey, if, if I have enough isolation between my two APs, I could, maybe I could run six, once, uh, 160s. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing, possibly. Like, I'm it's, seeing like, <laughs> in play, and plus you would like, like with the R1 cloud, everything's coordinated. So it's going to know what channels, as long as, you know, you have your own one network in your building, it's going to know what channels are being used. It's going to make sure they're not overlapping, you know, so it's going to do that sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, I've noticed about 30% reduction in range with six gigahertz, maybe 25, something like that. But when you said you only had like maybe one bar downstairs, if you connected to that, it's also it's also pretty reliable. Like it, I actually would see five gigahertz with full bars, six and six with one bar, and I have a better connection on that. You know, on well, six gigahertz. Well, it, it comes down to two things, right? Channel bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Client devices will prefer the a wider channel bandwidth because even at a lower signal level, you're still going to get more throughput because. You know, you say you're getting an MCS two, MCS three, mm -hmm. right? And it's on a it's on a 160 megahertz wide channel with nobody else on it, right? So you're gonna get you're gonna get a much better throughput performance at that than if you're on say you know around my house if you're on Uni one or Uni three and and you're only running 80 megahertz wide, it's it's even though you can have a higher MCS rate, you know, because you have that higher RSSI. The noise floor is a little bit higher, and it's so congested that the performance is not going to be as great. Yeah. And so there's a, there's some other factors that go into it, you know. That, and that's why we're seeing the performance and seeing all that stuff on six gigahertz. I mean, when I look at my when I look in my neighborhood, and I'm in a suburban area, and I have tons of houses around me, I can see 40 different networks, right? And 25 of them are on, you know, on Uni One, and 20 of them are on Uni three and they're just saturated and then and so you you don't get a great performance but then if you go oh here's this really lower signal on 160 megahertz wide channel then yeah you're gonna get some because nobody else is there i cannot see another six gigahertz network in my neighborhood even though i can see 40 five gigahertz networks that aren't mine right so so that really starts playing into why devices will do that and i was doing some testing last year where i found out that you know, it really, you know, client devices were, are now getting smarter. You were talking about MLO and link aggregation mm -hmm. is the mode you were, you were talking about. There's another mode in, in Wi-Fi 7 MLO that I'm really excited about, which is called link selection. Because what it does is the client is now in real time looking at the three possible links that it, you know, it could use across the three bands and it's picking which one is the best, which tells me that client devices are now starting to pay attention to the stuff that we've always been paying attention to. And they're going to pick which link is the best because it's all about getting my data through the first time. I don't want retries. Right. And so 
link selection part of MLO where it'll be like, I'm just going to switch at will instead of sticking on one radio. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to hammer this one. If it sees that six gigahertz is better, it'll switch over there. If something happens at six gigahertz and it's like, wow, I can get it better on five, it'll switch back. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I, I'm really excited about is the idea that, hey, our clients are now starting to pay attention to stuff and going, yes, it's not just about raw power. You know, I can connect to an AP that has on five gigahertz that has you know, great RSSI, but it also has 50 clients and, you know, five different APs with co-channel interference. Mm -hmm. And so my, my performance is going to be garbage. <laughs> I got a really 11, strong signal. 11B clients on there too, maybe, you know, internet things, devices, you know. Well, like... not it. Not at five gigahertz, but <laughs> not five, it's the but same, right? Is, yeah, yeah. Is, is now, is now it's the devices, the client devices are getting smarter and taking a look and saying, hey, where do I actually get my best performance? Not just what's, who's yelling the loudest. Yeah. And in the past, it was always about who's yelling the loudest. So for sure, there's, there's, it's, it's, it'd be nice if we could just go, oh yeah, it's just one thing, but it's not. It's not, there's a lot. All right, Jim, well, this has been great. Um, anything else you want to talk about today? Oh, we could talk about all kinds of things, but I'm not sure anybody be, wants to hear it. <laughs> we could be here all day because this is this is exciting to us. I can tell. Um, but the R770s are in the channel now, so anyone yep. that, that wants one, order one, give me a call, give a Jim a call. I don't know if you you actually talk to your sales guys. Um, they're oh, no. available and they're working. <laughs> <laughs> all right, remember like and subscribe, and uh, we'll 